Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by award-winning dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. And welcome to episode 22 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and food peace promoter. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. And I'm super excited for today's episode. So we're going to dive right in. I have a letter today from someone who's experiencing something that I know you're going to relate to, namely the guilt and the shame that comes from this complicated relationship with food. And I get to call a friend and colleague. Her name is Maria Paredes, and I'm so excited for you, the listeners, to get to know her. She's a fabulous practitioner and good friend of mine. We also get to hear a little bit of Gugu and Gaga from her newborn daughter that um, she's hanging out with um, while I caught up with her on her maternity leave. So um, let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and hear today's letter. Dear Food, I know we're seeing a lot of each other lately, so you might be wondering why I'm writing you a letter. Well, I have some things I need to say to you that are easier and clearer in my mind if I write them down. We've not been on good terms, have we? I don't remember a time when things weren't complicated between us. 
eight or nine-year-old me was unsure of what to make of you. In some ways, you were the enemy, the cause of me being tubbier than everyone, it seemed. That's 20 years we've been misunderstanding each other. What a long time. It's not just me either. It seems hard to come by anyone who hasn't had struggles with you at one point or another. Food, what are we going to do? Sometimes I feel like we're in so deep. We'll never be able to get to being on good terms. I'm so confused by you. Sometimes you bring me such joy. I feel like we can't just be together. Like that time at the market in Belgium. Do you remember? With the waffle and the coffee. That was magic. Or the times you've really connected me with people I love. That lasagna Steve made when we were rekindling. Remember that? Out on the deck, under the stars, washed down with a glass of wine and accompanied with good chats. Or the dinner with friends at my dining room table last week. So many flavors and so many laughs. You even bring out the artist in me. Remember the dinner I made for Adrian and Aaron? I felt like the kitchen was my canvas and I was a creative genius. But we have stormy times too, don't we? Really dark, stormy times. You bring out the angst in me, and I don't know how to make things better. Sometimes I feel like you comfort me, offer good company when I feel bad about myself, but then you'll turn straight back around and slap me down with guilt and shame. We have phases where we are obsessed with each other. You get in my head, and I have an insatiable need to be with you. It's manic. Then I go days without you almost as if to purge myself of all the damage we did together. I'll do anything to avoid you during those times. If someone invites me over for dinner, I say no, just because I know you'll be there. It's not good food. It's really not. Our relationship is troublesome. And that's a complete understatement. You've got to admit, the ratio of good to bad times together is getting worse, not better. Why don't we just not see each other anymore? Well, the conundrum is this. We need to get along. I'll die without you. Actually die. And all those good times I mentioned, I can't help but come back to them every time I think about giving up on you. I just don't know where to go next. Our issues seem so complicated and ingrained. I'll keep thinking food. I will. I'm determined to find a way for us to get along. Be best friends like I know we can be. Are you with me? best, confused by the ups and downs. One of my absolute favorite quotes about the eating experience is that the only time we need to feel guilty about eating a food is when we have stolen it. I first heard that quote from Evelyn Triboli. She's a dietitian and one of the co-authors of Intuitive Eating. If you've listened to this podcast before, you've heard me talk about that book many, many times. Um, But I think it's important for us to really let ourselves meditate on that. You know, feeling guilty about a certain food or feeling like we're doing bad is is a normal eating experience these days. And I really hate that because I feel like just the guilt and shame don't belong with the eating experience. It's not how our body was designed. And because it's such a normal experience, I feel like for you, letter writer, it's going to feel like it's supposed to be there. And something I know to be true is that just because 
we believe something or we feel it doesn't mean it's true. For you, you know, you said in your letter when you were eight or nine um, that you were, I'm assuming in a larger body because of the word tubbier. So if you were in this larger body and you were told that wasn't acceptable and somehow made the link that food was the cause of that, you know, it makes sense that you've developed this really complicated relationship with food. Yet something I want you to keep in mind whenever you feel those those feelings, to remind yourself that they just don't belong there because you're not doing anything wrong. I know it's a really simple statement and I'm not expecting it to be easy, but I do feel like it's a really good place to start. And with your letter, I really want to reach out to a colleague and friend. I've actually been dying to have her on the Love Food podcast. Her name is Dr. Maria Paredes, and she's a really good friend of mine. We actually met when we were young and carefree grad students at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. We were both pursuing degrees in mental health counseling. I finished my master's degree, but she went ahead and pursued the PhD. So Dr. Paredes has worked at Wake Forest University and uh, more recently was a professor at UNC Greensboro. But now she's in private practice in the same city where I live. I'm also lucky enough to be co-president with her um, of this really fabulous organization in Greensboro. It's called Space for All. It's the eating disorder professional um, alliance, you know, all, all of us that work with um, eating disorders and negative body image in the area, we all get together and um, help each other out and also plan events for the community. So she um, is co-president with me. So I want to give her a call. She has lots of um, really insightful things to say about the eating experience and negative body image um, especially for women who are in larger bodies. Uh, Maria just has a way of um, looking into it and helping us to sort through it. And for you, letter writer, I think her expertise is really going to be helpful and maybe give you some solutions to experiment with. So let's give Maria a call. Hey, Maria, it's Julie. How are you? Hey, Julie. I'm good. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy day. Of course. And I have to let you know that I, um, as we're talking right now, I'm actually nursing my five-week-old. So you may hear her if she wakes up just uh, Googling or gaggling in the background as we're talking. You know, that is totally okay. And I don't think any listener would mind either. Um, (laughs) So many um, listeners... um, our parents themselves. So I think, you know, we all understand we have to like move mountains sometimes just to like connect. So thank you so much for moving that mountain, <laughs> making it happen. Of course. And yeah. I have to tell you that I was listening to your, um, one of the episodes where it was about, um, I think it was like mom on empty or running mm-hmm. on empty. Mm-hmm. And, um, as a new mom, um, this is my third daughter, but as a new mom, it's it so resonated with me so much of that, um, episode. And I'm just so excited as your friend that you're doing this podcast, but also as your colleague, so excited that folks can access more of you through, um, through this podcast. You're really doing an awesome job. Oh, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. And that, that was episode three. I think that 
all of us can relate to those times when we feel like we're just totally tapped out, you know? Yes. Um, yes and I, I assume you're in the throes of that right now. So, yes, yeah. Sleep happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, with all of that, did you get a chance to read the letter? I did. I read the letter and, um, and I'm so honored to be able to um, respond to it. And, um, and I do, I have some ideas. Awesome. Well, you know, I thought about you when I read this letter because it does seem like she has a very kind of complicated relationship with food and it's been Mm -hmm. hot and cold and there's lots of shame and guilt. And I always feel like you've been really insightful working with other people and just whenever we've done groups together. So, um, I'm wondering what your, what's your, like your overall impression with what she's experiencing? Yeah. Well, the first thing that stuck out to me and, um, and I should share, like I've part of my background was as a grief counselor. And so that framework of looking at things through a grief lens helps me. And, uh, and that stuck out with me, uh, to me for her that she's really trying to wrestle with, you know, wanting this relationship with food. It sounds like she really enjoys food and wants to enjoy food, but is having a hard time letting go of, um, some of the pressures and maybe messages that she's gotten. And it sounds like she has some grief work to do that maybe she needs to um, work a little bit on letting go of maybe partly what her relationship with food used to be, um, but also perhaps what her relationship with food never was. I think a lot of folks struggle with that, that both like letting go, whether it's with food or with their bodies, letting go of what the relationship used to be, but also letting go of what maybe they had hoped the relationship would be, would be, and that it's not. And then when they do that, when they're able to do that, they end up making more room for what the relationship is and what it can be, the possibilities. So that was the first thing that really um, stuck out to me. Wow. Okay. So I have a lot of questions about that because I feel like that's super insightful. And I bet a lot of people can relate to that. And especially this letter writer, you said like the messages that she's gotten, you know, what do you think? What are the messages you think she's gotten over time that has led to like this complication? Yeah, you know, I I mean, it's hard to know exactly where those messages come from for her, you know, what, um, whether within her family or from others. Um, So I'd have to make some assumptions. But one assumption that I would make with most people is that she lives in our culture, our society that um, is inundated with a lot of messages about food and about bodies. And so, um, dealing with those messages, it's hard for anyone, um, male or female, but I think especially female, sometimes it's hard for anyone to, um, not be affected by those messages. And so a lot of what she writes about is like, you know, these memories of, of how it was with food and and the way she enjoys it. And it sounds like she really has been able to access that, which I think is a real strength of hers. Um, some people, aren't even able to access the joy of food because of maybe the messages. Um, but it also sounds like she is getting pulled away by something and, um, by messages, by pressure, um, that makes her feel like she shouldn't enjoy it in the ways that she does. So if if we were working together, I'd want to know more about some of what those messages, where the roots of them are. Um, but I also can kind of assume that, um, uh, she's probably affected in the same ways that we all are by just living in this culture that's kind of body obsessed and thin obsessed. 
the other thing that I, I make an assumption about is she talked about being tubbier and I don't know exactly what she means by that, but I'm assuming that, um, she occupies, um, a fat body. And I say that in a weight neutral way. Um, so a larger body, fat body. And so I can make some assumptions as well that, being in a fat body in our culture, um, there probably have been some messages that she's received that that's not okay and that she should feel ashamed by it and that she should change it and that it's her fault. And those are not, um, those are not truths. Um, but if she's affected by those messages, if she's received those messages, if she's occupied a larger body, then she's probably felt, um, some, sense of shame and pressure from others to be different than what she is. Um, and she's probably fighting upstream by, if she's able to enjoy food and enjoy her body, she's probably fighting upstream. How wonderful if she has been able to do that. It sounds like she has, but it's going to be that much harder for her in that body to be able to embrace that and own that, that it's okay. And not just okay, but that her body probably has a lot of strengths and wonderful qualities about it. It just happens to be um, a larger size. Yeah. You know, I totally agree. And I feel like she probably has gotten that message that her body is unacceptable, which then probably masked or blocked her from all these strengths. Mm -hmm. um, and it is, it's so amazing that she actually has connected to these positive experiences with food. And I don't know about you, but a lot of people I talk to, they'll, they'll explain, you know, if they're in a fatter body or if they view their body as a fatter body, mm -hmm. um, they feel like they almost have to eat for show or like they have to eat in a certain way up around other people that shows that they're dieting and they're trying to work on it. And so then, you know, when people do that, oftentimes I know as a dietitian that puts their physiology in a place where they're like starving. So mm -hmm. then when they're home behind closed doors, there's like this need to like get more food. And I can totally appreciate how over time that would lead to this feeling of like shame because that's usually when all those other foods would be eaten that would be much more like palatable. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and when you mentioned like the grief work, I didn't think about how that would work so well with what this letter writer is going through, but it does make a lot of sense. And, you know, it sounds like really hard work, but it also sounds mm -hmm. like it would be like really hopeful. Mm -hmm. And, and it, you know, it would take a, it would be such a bummer in the beginning because it would be like letting go of this fantasy that a lot of times the dieting or like that kind of thin ideal, like seeking that, you know, I feel like that is kind of a seductive kind of fantasy, but letting go of that, I could see that would be really, really hard. But then once a person has moved to a place where it's more hopeful, it mm -hmm. would inspire a lot more of like genuine connection. But what mm -hmm. I'm so wondering, Maria, what do you feel like, what, what are like some first steps she could take to like help do that? Like, do you have any um, experiments or any solutions that you have found help for other people? Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm sure I, I, I know I've heard on your podcast that you've talked a lot about intuitive eating and um, the idea of permission giving, I think is so powerful. Um, and so that would be one thing I, I would encourage her to, um, to focus on and practice and maybe with, um, you know, perhaps with a counselor or with a trusted um, friend, explore that idea of, of just giving herself permission to be who she is. Um, I think that could be really powerful. Um, 
And I love the idea of like um, just getting off the train, you know, like getting off the diet train and um, making peace with food. There is something I was going to share with you for your syllabus um, called On the Battlefield um, that uh, is a guided imagery of sorts that I think could be um, helpful to um, uh, to do and reflect upon. Um, and I'm happy to share that with you if you if you like. Yeah, I'd love that. And if you're new to the podcast, the syllabus Maria is referring to is this food piece syllabus, and it's a collection of blog posts and books and other like sources of healing your relationship with food that you can kind of do outside of listening to this podcast or any work you have with a counselor or a dietitian. But yeah, Maria, if you um, if you have it handy, I would love for you to like read it. And um, maybe your little we won there would also like to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, I'm happy to read it. You'll probably hear some murmurings from her in the background. Yeah. Um, when you hear me reading this, you're going to hear me use the word food. But you can replace food with body you could replace food with a specific food. Um, but as you'll hear it, it it's uh, a more general, just food in general as I'm reading through this. And what I encourage folks to do um, when I use this with them is um, to actually close their eyes and get into a comfortable position. If you're driving, please don't close your eyes. Keep your eyes on the road. Um, but if you're not, if you're able to... Um, Close your eyes, take a few deep breaths, get comfortable where you're seating, where you're seated, and I'll read it to you. I'd like you to imagine yourself on a battlefield. Imagine yourself on this battlefield facing across from a food you most fear. Your infantry are ready and poised to attack and defend. The food's infantry are ready and poised to attack and defend. You've battled this food before. Sometimes you may have felt you won. Sometimes you may have felt this food won. Most times you may have felt you both lost. This may be a food that scares you and at the same time comforts you. This may be a food that holds much power over you or a food you feel you must continue to try to control. This may be a food that has let you down or caused you pain. This may be a food you feel has tricked you at times or that you feel you owe much to. You may not even remember when or how the fight began between you and the food, but now you feel you have no choice but to fight. Here you are again on the battlefield facing this food, and though armed and ready for battle, you feel exhausted thinking about the energy needed to battle this food again. You start to remember what you will miss out on because of tending to this all-consuming battle with this food. Consider this. Instead of battling this food, imagine what it would be like to meet on neutral territory, to form a truce, and make peace with this food. What would it be like to forgive this food? What would you be forgiving it for? What would it be like for you to apologize to this food? What would you want to say? What would you apologize for? What would you experience if the food apologizes to you? What would the food say? What would you want to hear? How would you experience this food now that you've made amends? 
What would need to happen to maintain this truce and keep peace? Imagine what it would be like for you and the food to join forces. What would it be like to realize you have common goals and don't have to be against each other? Oh, wow. That's awesome. Um, I feel like this letter writer, everything you mentioned in that exercise, that's what she's asking for. Mm-hmm. And it's like leading her, like grabbing her by the hand and leading her to the next step. So thank you for reading that. I think like that it fits so well. Sure. And and I don't know if you remember, Julie, we actually put this together in 2010. Um, and when I was um, reading the letter, it just I, it reminded me so much of it um, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it sounded like this, this push and pull that she was experiencing. And I think that a lot of people experience with food, with specific foods, with their bodies, with specific parts of their bodies. Yeah, And it's just an exhausting process. And what I find neat, and I'm sure you do in your work is um, how when people are able to sort of put down their weapons, so to speak, you know, when they, they start making peace with food in their bodies, how they start to feel more energy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah they're not fighting so hard. Right. Yeah. Like there's a more of a connection to themselves and their Mm -hmm. own, their own wisdom. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah. So thank you for reading that. That was awesome. Of course. Yeah. There there was one other thing that stuck out to me from the letter um, that I thought about that um, I thought would be neat to explore. And that's the idea of trauma. Um, And a lot of folks that I've worked with, um, with eating disorders, but uh, particularly folks who Uh, exist in larger bodies is that they have some history of trauma. And sometimes this is like a specific trauma that they've experienced unrelated to, um, you know, their body and their food history. Um, But also on top of that is often the trauma that they've experienced just existing in a body that uh, their culture tells them is wrong and the trauma of, of um, having to sort of fight upstream. Um, and so I thought about that reading her letter of, um, you know, what has she experienced being in what she named a tubby or body and what's that been like? And I'd be curious um, to explore with her if there's any trauma work that would be helpful to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I think people who've never been in larger bodies don't appreciate what that means, you know, like to how exhausting it is for clients and for people who are living in larger bodies and feeling that oppression and, um, and kind of having these quote unquote subtle kind of, um, experiences where people tell them they're not acceptable and, Mm -hmm. and downright like oppression and, um, Mm -hmm. and how that hard that is and how that is traumatic. And I really do hope letter writer that you, um, find a safe space place to explore the possibility of the trauma that could be going on and what that's keeping you from this relationship with food that you so dearly want to heal. Um, So thank you for bringing that, Maria. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Maria, thank you so much for your time. And, you know, you've given us so much um, different input. I'm wondering if there's a way for a listener, if they're interested to hear more about what you have to say, or maybe to work with you, is there a way for them to find you? Sure. Uh, they can go to uh, threebirdscounseling.com. Um, that's my website, and I'm still working on adding content to it. And they can also find me on Facebook at Body Politics with Dr. Maria Paredes. Awesome. Um, and the link to that's on that 
um, threebirdscounseling.com website. So they can find that there as well. Okay. And um, I will actually make it really easy. I'll put everything in the show notes so nobody has to write anything down. And they can have a link to um, this um, exercise that you just read in case they want to keep it handy for themselves. And then also your your blog um, and your Facebook page, I feel like, is always so... um, it's very energizing and there's always lots of discussion, which I really appreciate. So I think our listeners would too. So I'll be sure to put that in there as well. And Maria, it's seriously so, I'm just so grateful that you actually spent time today <laughs> when you have this little tiny wee girl um, with you during your maternity leave. And um, so thank you so much for carving out the time. Of course. And I, I hope that I didn't put the listeners to sleep like I put my five week old to sleep because she's now sleeping. Awesome. Well, maybe you can put your feet up or, you know, do whatever you want for a few yeah. minutes. Yeah, right. Until yeah. She wakes up. Exactly. Right. Well, have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Confused by the Up and Downs, for writing to Food Today. I really appreciate hearing about your experiences, and I have a feeling the listeners really appreciate it too, because I get letters that are very similar to yours all the time, so I certainly know you're not alone. I also do hope that the discussion and solutions and experiments that Dr. Paredes and I discussed, I hope you find them helpful. And, you know, something that I would love from you is just some feedback on how, how those go. I just curious how um, any of those may help or not. And so please um, keep us posted. And food has written you back. So I'm excited to hear what food has to say. But until then, thank you again so much for your letter. And please take care. Dear Confused by the Ups and Downs, I'm grateful you're attending to our relationship, and we're sorry we've been the source of much guilt and shame. We don't think you've done anything wrong, rather been a survivor to all the trauma and pain life has brought your way. Instead of relating how everyone thinks we should, let's be on our own terms. Let's continue to stay connected through the ups and downs and make our own path to joy, health, and peace. Love, food. Do you have a complicated relationship with food and want to change? I want to help. Send your dear food letter to lovefoodpodcast at gmail.com. I hope to read about your experiences soon. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Love Food series. Have you enjoyed the show or would you like to give me feedback? I welcome your thoughts. Please give a review in iTunes and subscribe. This type of kindness helps the show continue. You can also tweet me at eatingpermitrd. Take care. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.